We all need encouragement, motivation, and inspiration in our life. Each week, Patty will interview guests who will motivate and inspire you through their unique personal and professional experiences. I listen, my mom listens, pretty much the whole family. Listen, my whole family loves it, man. It's drastically changed my life. All of your senses will wake up as you listen to this scrumptious podcast that is sure to tickle your eardrums. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Wake Up with Patty Catter starts now. Hello, everybody, and thank you so much for tuning in today to my podcast, Wake Up with Patty Catter. I am just really excited to have Joshua Foster on our show today. We're going to dive right into this podcast. I'm not going to do a lot of fluff at the beginning of the show because I want to make sure that we have enough time to hear Joshua's story. So, Joshua, welcome to the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome, Podcast World. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. So, Absolutely. Um, before I get too much into your story, basically, um, Joshua, I don't want to slaughter your story. So could you just kind of give everybody a couple sentences about who you are today? Um, yeah. Um, I am Joshua David Foster. I grew up just outside of Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, as of right now, I am an IFBB professional wheelchair bodybuilder. I do some motivational speaking when I've had the chance. Uh, I travel a lot with my pit bull, Jolene. Uh, Recently moved back home to Alabama from California for the last few years. I'm just letting life flow as it goes some days. Wow. Okay, so where did you grow up? You're a child living in, was it Alabama? Yeah, I grew up uh, in a small town that's just uh, north of Al- uh, Birmingham, Alabama, uh, a town called Fultondale. And uh, I graduated in 2001. I played football. I played baseball. I was kind of good, but not good enough, obviously. And I've always loved horror movies, uh, comic books, comic book movies. Uh, I love stand up comedy and around with my buddies and making laughs and you know really just kind of a simple dude from the south it seems so you're just kind of going through life enjoying life um what were you doing as a teenager into young adulthood uh well i mean in high school i was a pretty decent football player and uh, played baseball and you know worked at a grocery store sacking groceries and you know, going to prom, just your kind of your, your really basic, simple things in the in the South. And uh, I graduated high school in 2001 and uh, went to work instead of going to college. And basically, me and my friend partied in an apartment for several years. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I finally got my stuff together a little bit when I was about 25, but just always worked and, you know, basically just been a hometown boy. Mm-hmm. So what kind of work did you do when you were in your 20s? We'll say in your later 20s. Uh, well, I worked at a pipe plant for a while. And then I worked for a company that's in my hometown where we did a commercial and residential, like real expensive high-end uh, window treatments and upholstery. And just basically, we did anything that had to do with fabric. So... And it was fun. We traveled around the Southeast, 
me and my home since I was a kid actually worked together for years. So it honestly was, it was simple, but it was a very enjoyable life. Mm -hmm. So you're pretty healthy and everything's going well. Oh yeah. That's one thing that, you know, I don't, I don't want to tap myself on the back, but I've never really been out of shape. I didn't compete, but I always worked out my stepdad, my brother, bodybuilding, I mean, Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. I mean, those things, you know, Rambo, I've always liked being in shape. Well, he's definitely a part of it. Being very active has always been something I was about. Mm -hmm. And then when you were 30 years old, um, you were in an accident. Yeah, well, I was just about to turn 30 and I was coming back from seeing a few friends of mine that had come in from out of town. And uh, where I live, there's back roads. For some people that don't know what that means, there are roads that aren't the main road. And to get to my house uh, was a very small, narrow road. It had, and uh, I hydroplaned and I lost control in the passenger side of my car, hit a tree, and it broke my back at what you would call the T10 vertebrae. And it also severed my spinal cord at the same time. My goodness. Yeah, it was definitely a weird night. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Did you remember, I mean, heading towards the no. tree? Or? No, my my real last memory is buckling up uh, to leave from seeing my friends. And then after that, it's like my brain pieces some things together. But I found that if I just thought about it and tried to think of it too much, I, I felt like I was making some things up and it would upset me. Mm -hmm. It really was just a freak accident, and that it does happen. You know, there's sometimes freak weird things. But basically, I just woke up in the hospital to the bright light in front of my eyes, and they had me bound up. And next thing you know, I get told that you know I'm paralyzed from the waist down. How long were you out? Do you think? Um... Just a few hours. Mm -hmm. Wow. It's crazy how life can change in just a short amount of time. Um, what do you feel like the biggest obstacle was at the very beginning of your injury for you? I mean, physically, obviously, you have to learn a whole new normal. I mean, you have to pick yourself up. You have to learn to balance. You and you transfer to everything. But really, it's accepting what's happened. Uh, acceptance is probably the hardest thing to go through. And then you have your family. So not only am I having to go through this and accept that they're having to do the same. And I've spent a lot of time convincing them that I'm going to be okay. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, in the back of my head, I'm like, oh, my God, mm -hmm. <laughs> what am I about to do? But I just took it like this is a challenge. This is going to be hard, but I'm here. You know, I'm not some kid going through leukemia or some mom that's going through breast cancer while she's got three kids. Like, I'm alive. I'm well. But, yeah, it's going to be hard. Mm -hmm. um, what was one of the most encouraging things for you during that initial phase of your injury? 
I think that for really close friends and family and, and people that knew me really well, that they just could, they knew me best. And they were like, if anybody can get through this, it's Josh. They were like, he literally laughs at everything that's wrong. He figures out a way to, you know, make it happen. I've done things in my life where I had to suck it up and, and go through some BS before. So it was just nice to know that so many people really and truly believe, like, they weren't just like, oh, man, you know, prayers and thoughts. They're like, if there's anybody that can get through this, it's that guy. Mm-hmm. And that meant a lot to me. And then you start wanting to fulfill those obligations that people have of you. And I'm very, I'm a big people pleaser. So what would you tell somebody who is just facing a new injury of paralysis? Because you, you know, you did say you broke your back. You basically are paralyzed. Is it from the waist down? Correct? Yes, ma'am. So what would you tell those who are, are just going through um, the beginning phases of facing this injury, this lifelong um, injury? Well, first off, I would tell them that uh, there's no time limit to grieve for the loss of half your life. There's no time limit to, you know, going through the pain and the therapy. Like, take your time, you know, just because my pace was very accelerated, it doesn't mean everybody else's is. I would definitely now, looking back, recommend that they talk to a therapist once or twice a month because it, it does get dark for me. I immerse myself into the gym very fast, but I also kind of masked what I was going through by working out and that kind of fell. But definitely take your time, see a therapist and, and just like, I hate it for you, but it is what it is. Like it's knowing that this is what it is that I, I wish all the prayers in the world. I wish all the technology in the world can make everything better right now, but it doesn't. So work hard, figure your life out, be smart, and just be patient. What would you say to friends or loved ones who have a friend who's going through what you did go through? I know um, when I've been through hard times in my life, there's been some great things that people have done or said for to me. Mm-hmm. Is, is there anything that um, you can recommend for a loved one or a friend to do for somebody who's facing such a trial? Uh, I guess I could put it in the best way is to sometimes shut up and be understanding. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't always need somebody to be like, that's so sad. I'm so sorry. I don't need that. Just let me talk. And I'm not trying to grab moan, make your day worse. I just sometimes have to tell somebody how bad it is and how much it hurts and all this. Just understand that, you know, we're going through something. So listen and understand. And also don't, don't baby nobody. Don't baby nobody. Let us work for the things that we need. Trust me, when I ask for help, I, I know, just, I know. You know what I mean? I can, I've climbed up the rack of uh, Old Navy to get a shirt before. Okay, well, now the next time they can just go get it for me. I've done it. I know I can. But don't baby us. But just be understanding and listen. You had mentioned that you went to the gym 
fairly quickly after you were um, injured. What yeah. motivated you to do that? Or what made you think of doing that? Well, I actually, at UAB in uh, Birmingham, Alabama, they actually had like a gym. They had like weights and like a dip machine and some stuff. And that's, they, I did that from probably the first time I really had therapy. I just knew that that's something I could do, that it would make me feel better, that I could figure, like my brain could work to figure out how to transfer and do some machines. You know, I just, I knew that that was something I could do and it would make me, and it would be a challenge, but it's just all I've ever known. Like for me, working out and playing golf was my hobbies. Mm-hmm. That's what I, that's what I did on my off time when I was able-bodied. Mm-hmm. Now I've worked a lot with military veterans who face things like paralysis or, um, you know, amputees and, mm-hmm. One of the complaints that I heard from one of the guys was that he wanted to work out, but he didn't know how to to start. I mean, how do you start when you have such an injury? Is, was there something in particular or somebody in particular who was able to help you learn um, different ways to work out around your new disability? Um, as time went on... Um they're now my peers, but, uh, you can go to YouTube and just type in wheelchair bodybuilding and scan through and watch. I mean, now you can watch me, you can watch my buddy, Nick, Harold, you can see a lot of people working out. And especially now with Instagram, I mean, it's easy to find it, but when I got hurt, Instagram, I wasn't even on Instagram, but, uh, I just, I've worked out my whole life and my stepdad uh, went with me and he's 73 years old, shape as anybody. Uh, I just really figured it out for myself until I found more information as the time went on. But as for like getting started, you got to go. You got to try. You got to figure stuff out. Like it's, I have set up benches weights and then transferred over and nothing worked and i had to transfer back over i had to figure it all back out like it's it's fail and error like you have to figure stuff out and and it also gives you a sense of Mm -hmm. now i was telling you josh before the show before everybody could hear us that I'm not even positive how we connected on Facebook, but I remember um, seeing your posts and thinking how inspirational you were. And I have a really great friend of mine who she was um, paralyzed in a car accident when we were teenagers. Um, But I remember thinking that she needed somebody like you to motivate her maybe, or maybe, you know, you could motivate each other or something. So um, you'd you guys are on Facebook together now, but um, one of the things that I noticed about your post, honestly, is you are ripped. <laughs> you are completely ripped, Josh. And I was floored to find out that there is a wheelchair bodybuilding um, community. Mm. I was shocked. And I mean, here I am. I hate admitting my age, but you know, here I am in my forties and I'm like, I have never seen body chair body or wheelchair bodybuilding. 
how did you find out about that? I mean, I guess because you're, you know, you're very resourceful, it seems like, but how did you? Yeah, I just, I, uh, you know, I thought about it because I started, you know, my body started responding as I started to heal. And it's very early on. I mean, the first time I did pull-ups with my wheelchair attached to me was like 10 months after I had my car accident. So, you know, it was on my brain and I looked it up and, you know, I just YouTube wheelchair bodybuilding and found shows. And my buddy Ludovic, who's from Thailand, but he lives in France right now, I think. But he was, he came over not knowing English and started really the wheelchair bodybuilding movement. So it's been around, but it was just took some research and, and, I just wanted to do something and it, and I and it's a point of pride to get on stage half naked and paralyzed man that takes a lot of guts it takes a lot of guts and I wanted to challenge myself and then the next thing you know I heard about wheelchair nationals down in Florida where you earn a pro card and I was like why not go do it and then I ended up winning and it just it was just all because I put myself in situations that made me scared. You know, I tried myself and, you know, I, it, it worked out because I challenged myself to do things that, you know, I wasn't comfortable with. And I went by myself. Like, this is me driving by myself, doing shows, being in hotels and stuff. It's, there's no help. Wow. Well, where can people find you on social media? If they want to uh, be more encouraged and inspired, where can they find you? Uh, on uh, Facebook. I mean, it's just my name, Joshua David Foster. Uh, you probably will see a picture of a guy with a red nose pit bull. And then on uh, Instagram, it's uh, underscore J, the letter J. The Freak 5415. They call me Jay the Freak, <laughs> but that's a long story. I used to teach a fitness class, and I basically did pull-ups with the whole entire class the whole time. <laughs> and one of my clients said, you're just a freak of nature. And then I ended up joining. So now it's Jay the Freak. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good name for you, though, because all your posts, I'm like, what? This guy is just crazy insane in a good way. <laughs> but also, I think what I want people, if you go through my social media and all that, I'm very honest about things. I'm not like my whole life isn't bodybuilding. Like if you get going down, I, I have a rescue pit bull. She is my absolute world. Uh, I'm very honest right now about mental health. I'm in therapy. I've got to be very, you know, honest about what my life is, not just the high points of the body build. Mm-hmm. And, and also, you know, especially with people with disabilities, like I've, I have posted, you know, wounds and surgeries. And like I try to be so open that people understand that like I'm not just trying to show you the highlights. I'm trying to let people understand what it's like to be a disabled man right now. Mm-hmm. And, Which I think is so important because we see all the great sugary yeah. stuff on social media and we 
are not seeing what mountains you're climbing behind the scenes sometimes. So I think that's very important. Wow, Joshua, thank you so much for being on the show. I'm, um, like I said, I'm just really impressed with you because I do love how you're very honest and uh, open about all the things that you face because that's how other people are helped is when we, we open up our, um, our hardships so that other can, others can see that and um, let others know that they're not alone out there. Well, that's the thing. There's times where in the beginning I felt so alone and there's still times right now where, I mean, you know, I'm not, there's not a wheelchair, a lot of wheelchair bodybuilders where I live. I'm the only one. But if I can be open and like I've really, I don't post what I've talked privately with people with. It's just something I'm not Mr. Hey, look at what I did. That's nice. But there's a lot that I've been honest about that I've gotten great reactions to people that were going through something that, you know, like grown men that are like, well, thanks for showing a picture of you in a diaper. It makes me not feel so bad about it. It's like, hey, man, we're paralyzed. Like, what do you I mean? It, it happens. Mm-hmm. It's part of life. You know, relax. If the, one of the top bodybuilders in the world is honest like that, then you ain't got to worry about, you know, being embarrassed. Mm-hmm. Now, um, could you tell our listeners too, and I want to know what um, you said you came to Florida and you won a competition. Like, can you tell us more about this, the wheelchair bodybuilding? And it, you have nationals, right? Yeah. Uh, in March of every year down in uh, Palm Beach, uh, they have weird tour nationals. And now they've added it to the Toronto Pro that's like in June. They they have like the amateurs can win a, a pro card, but uh, I mean it's a beautiful thing. It's it's just you see guys in wheelchairs, women in, and we got some women that compete, and it's just the sport's growing, and it's it's just it keeps it. All you got to do is go to wheelchairbodybuilding dot com or wheelchairbodybuilding on Instagram, Facebook, you'll find it, but. It's just some of the most strong I've ever seen, just putting it out there. Uh, some of the best posing routines you've ever seen. Some of the most insane lifts. It's just, it, it will blow your mind. And if you want to get inspired, it'll inspire you. But if you just want to see, you know, if you just need a gut check and to be like, you need to appreciate what you got going on in your life, you know, watch us. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You, I have to say, you're all some beautiful people too. Woo. Well, <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, you don't bodybuild if you're ugly. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> Apparently not. <laughs> oh, that's uh, the craziest thing was last year in Vegas, all me and the guys were having meetings at the hotels and we had so many people come up and they were just like, I've never seen this many good looking people in wheelchairs in my life. Yeah. You're telling me for sure. (laughs) We were at the bar after the competition got done. And, um, if you want to follow somebody else, his name is Adelpho Creme, C-R-E-A-M-E. But me and him are two of the, he's one of my best friends actually in the sport, but we're at a bar just having a drink to relax finally after everything. And my people are just coming up, squeezing our arms, grabbing us, wanting to take pictures in our laps. Like it's, it's, I mean, sometimes it gives a little bit much, but it's really, and it's, 
it's just cool to see people's eyes get opened up because people think of disabilities as something negative where we're just like, we're rocking and rolling. Mm -hmm. That's what I love about you guys. Um, really, you've faced some of the um, hardest trials that anybody could ever face. I can't even imagine. And you're still, you know, you're still going and you're getting it. So it's, it's, it's a definitely a weird life, but if you talk to the right people, there's just this special thing that comes from what, what was taken from me. Like I said, this is, and this is trademarked. The worst night of my life has become the best thing that's ever happened to me. And that's, I'll forever believe that. Mm -hmm. Wow. Changed everything. Wow. I mean, my, I have my youngest niece now is in a program where she mentors kids with special needs and disabilities. Yeah, like, you def definitely that don't. That matters so much to me mm -hmm. to know that she's trying to make a life better for people that's like her Uncle Josh. Sometimes it's all worth it. I, w I wouldn't go back and I wouldn't, if I could go back and change that night, I literally would not. People can say I'm lying, that's fine, but I'm just telling you, I wouldn't change it for anything. Mm -hmm. I think we get cruising along so comfortably in life sometimes that when these big things shake us up, it really can turn your worst I mean, I nightmare. I miss playing golf. You never know who you're going to inspire, and you may hear. Well, I've, <laughs> I, I've, things have changed in a great way, but yes, I miss, I miss it, and things would be a lot easier. But also, and now I influence people. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I don't want to change that. You know, it's, being paralyzed is hard, but hell, life was hard. Right? Absolutely. Oh, geez. Well, I appreciate you very much for coming on Absolutely. the show. Absolutely. It's been my pleasure. Thank you. And to everybody listening, I'll be sure to post Josh's um, social media outlets. And um, thank you for being on the show, Josh. Oh, absolutely. Anytime you want to interview me, just holler at me. If anybody wants to talk, just hit me up on Facebook. Give me time to get back to you. Just because sometimes I can turn my phone off and just zone out. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Josh. Thank you for listening to Wake Up with Patty Catter. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for all you do. Be sure to visit www.pattycatter.com for the latest podcasts, articles, and swag. Also, be sure to follow Patty on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Patty Catter. At Patty Catter.